Turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to read a story that is found three different times in the Bible. It's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we're going to look at this, this particular story in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10. And once you've found it there in your Bible, I'm asking you to stand to your feet. Go ahead and stand, if you would, please. Mark chapter 10. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 17, and, and uh, we'll go all the way down to the end of the story in verse 22. But before we do that, I, I want to just ask real quick, how many of you, how many of you young men uh, came forward last night surrendering your life to serve the Lord? Will you raise your hand all over the room, thankful for that? I couldn't help but think, as you knelt at this altar, I couldn't help but think, I, 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 that, you, that I was you 38 years ago. As I stood in a youth conference just like this across the street at 17 years old, and God spoke to my heart. And you know, if you'll be faithful to that calling, as Brother Judah so uh, eloquently preached last night, God has great opportunity and unbelievable things for your life. And uh, so proud of you and the decisions that were made last night. Mark chapter 10, verse number 17. Follow along as I, as I read. The Bible says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Not, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And I want you to read with me together out loud that last verse, 22. Ready? And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. This is a sad story about a man who had everything. And he goes to Christ and asks a great question. But then he goes away grieved, and he probably spent the rest of his life in great sorrow because he would not take up his cross and follow Christ. I want to read one other verse for you, and then we'll pray, and you can be seated. In Jude 22, the Bible says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. And of some have compassion, making a difference. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. I, I know this is youth conference. I know this, this session is very important, and I know those who have planned and prepared for this hour, they, they want you to hear everything that's said. They want you to make decisions. They want God to work in your heart. But I'm going to do something a little different today. Normally, when I would preach to a group of young people like this, I would insist that you give me your attention. 
But this morning, I'm not going to preach to all of you. I'm only going to preach to some of you. Now, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're sitting in this auditorium. But I'm not going to preach to everybody. But I do want to preach to some of you. And for those some in this room that want to make a difference, I want you to give me your attention. If that topic, that subject doesn't intrigue you at all and doesn't interest you at all, if, if you want to fall asleep, I, I, wouldn't, I would not wake you up. I would ask that you not talk to each other because the person sitting next to you might be part of that sum that wants to make a difference. So I'm going to ask you to just listen. I want you to pay attention. But, but what I preach this morning, I'll be honest, is not for everybody in this room. It may only be for a very small, select group of people. I don't know how many. But I do know this. The Bible is very clear that there are only some that make a difference. And if it's in your heart today to be part of that some, that wants your life to count for God, then I want you to listen. I want you to hear what's said today. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, and let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would please bless the message. Lord, you know my heart. My desire is to be a blessing. I, I want to be an encouragement. I want, to, I want to challenge young people to serve you, to live for you, to see a bigger picture, to realize that life is not all about them. It's not all about me. And God, I pray you'd use this time for your, for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. The story that we just read is about a rich young ruler who asked a question to Jesus himself, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And by the way, that's a great question. What a great question to ask, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What do I need to do to go to heaven when I die? And I hope if you're sitting here this morning and you're not certain that if you died today that you'd go to heaven, that you would not leave this auditorium without settling that and know for sure that your name is written in heaven, that you'll spend eternity there. This man had it all and more. But what he wanted was to keep his lifestyle of pleasure and wealth and know how to have eternal life. Of course, Jesus knows everything. He, he knew this man. He knew his heart. And he knew that he, his heart was probably not in the right place. He's probably a self-righteous man who, who claimed that he had kept the commandments of God, but he truly had not humbled himself and was willing to follow the Lord. He wasn't interested in following God. He was, wasn't interested in giving up his wealth to help the poor or do anything for anybody else because truthfully, life was all about him. He was concerned about his eternity, and somewhere along the line, it must have dawned on him that, that hey, I'm going to die one day, and I'm going to spend eternity somewhere, and, and, and I certainly don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven but following God and following Christ was really not part of his agenda. 
He had too much wealth. He had too many possessions. He probably enjoyed much of the pleasures of life in that day. And Jesus, knowing this man and knowing his thoughts, knew where this man was coming from. What is interesting about the story is that Jesus does not answer the question about how to go to heaven. And if you, re- and if you paid attention to the story, he begins to talk about the Ten Commandments. He talks about thou shall not commit adultery and thou shall not bear false witness and, and other things that, that, uh, that he ought to follow and, and, and obey. And yet we know that's not how to go to heaven. It's not following the commands of God. But God knew his heart. Jesus knew his heart. It was not in the right place. And what Jesus was trying to do was he's trying to divert his attention, not just on eternity, though that was important, but also treasures in heaven. Jesus knew that this man was very wealthy and that everything he possessed was useless after death. The young man was faced with a decision that every person in this room is faced with this morning. And that decision is this. Either live for what he could not keep or live for something that will last forever. And every one of you in this room are faced with that same decision. And I want you to ask yourself that question, am I going to live for what I cannot keep or live for something that will last forever. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Quickly turn there in your Bible if you would. It's the very first book in your New Testament. Matthew chapter 6. And I want you to look at verse number 19. Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse number 19. Let's read these out loud together if you would. Everyone look, look at a Bible. If you don't have one, look with your neighbor there. But Look, look with me, Matthew chapter 6, and let's read verses 19 and 20 out loud together. Ready? Here we go. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal." Then the Bible says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you look down at verse 24, the Bible says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And every one of us have to decide in our lifetime, are we going to be consumed with having treasures on earth that one day will disappear and burn, or will we focus our attention on something that will last for eternity? I'm talking about treasures in heaven. Look with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 in your New Testament. Colossians chapter 3, again, a familiar verse to some of you. And let's read this out loud together if we can. Real loud, everyone. Colossians chapter 3, find it in your Bible. Let's read it together. Ready? Verse number 2. 
Ready? Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Let's read that again. Everybody, ready? Set your affection on things above. The Bible tells us and challenges us to not set our affections on things on the earth, but set our affection on things above. One more verse I want you to look at, James chapter 4. Keep going in your Bibles to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, and look at verse number 14. Look at it there with me, James chapter 4, verse 14. Let's read this out loud together, as loud as you can, everyone. Ready? James chapter 4, verse 14, ready? Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. There's three choices I want you to consider making this morning. Three choices I want you to consider in your life as a, as a, as a, as a young person. Number one, choose eternal life by accepting Christ. Choose eternal life by accepting Christ. You know, life is short and life is unpredictable. And you never want to think that there's always time to get saved. This year, in the last 12 months in our ministry, I have attended three different funerals for young people under the age of 15 that unexpectedly were, were taken from this earth. We don't know how long our time is. We don't know how long our days will be. That's an uncertainty. And we need to decide, if, look, if you're here today and you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven, don't put that off any longer. Take care of it today. Take care of it this morning. Take care of it after this service. Before you leave this auditorium, know for sure that when you die, you'll go to heaven. Number two, choose a life of joy rather than sorrow and grief. You know, this man was confronted by Christ himself, and, and Jesus was trying to help this man, giving him some great wisdom and some great advice. But instead of following the advice of Christ himself, the Bible says that he turned away, and he went away grieved because he was so consumed with his possessions, his pleasures, and all the things that he had accumulated in life. And the truth is, he, he spent the rest of his days in sorrow. And young people, if I could challenge you this morning with this thought, choose a life of joy rather than sorrow and grief. Too many live their lives in vain. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. God's blessing is, is unbelievable. And what grieves us sometimes as leaders in, 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 in ministries like this is, is, is we, we've, you've never been here, but we've been there. And, and we know the potential. We know how your life could be used in a wonderful way for God. I often think about this when I talk to young people. When, when you are our age of the men sitting on the platform, we probably will not be here. And somebody will have to do what we're doing. Somebody will have to pastor this church. Somebody will have to lead the singing. Somebody will have to be the bus director and the youth director, and it's probably going to be a young person, somebody your age, who will realize that life is not all about me and what I want and my possessions, 
but it's about serving God with my life. Then the third choice I want you to consider to make, consider making is this, choose to make a difference for eternity by helping other people. The Bible says, and if some have compassion, making a difference. I want to speak right now to those some that want to make a difference. I don't know where you're sitting. I don't know where you are in this auditorium. I don't know if you're toward the front or maybe you're toward the back. Maybe you're tucked under the, in the shadow somewhere. But I want to speak to those of you that want to make a difference. You want your life to count. More than just making money, more than having possessions, you want your life to make a difference. I want to share with you my testimony and what changed my life. And what continues to impact me every single day. When I was 17 years old, I came here and my first Saturday, I went to Chicago on a bus route. I grew up in a Christian home. I had wonderful parents. My dad is with the Lord. My mom is a good Christian. She attends our church here. I was blessed. It was not a perfect home. The church I came from was not a soul-winning church. It did not have outreach ministries like the bus ministry, like many of your churches have, like we have here. I came to college, and, and really, I'll be honest, life was all about me. It was all about what I wanted, what I cared about, and really possessions and things was important to me. I went to Chicago and began to visit on the bus route, and I'll be honest, I, I saw some things that day that I had never seen before. I heard some things that day that I had never heard before. I grew up in a, in a rural town on the East Coast and had never really experienced city life, and being in Chicago was an eye-opener. And for the first few hours of visiting on the bus route that day, I was a little bit skeptical. I, I, I thought for a little while, you know, we're wasting our time. I mean, some of these kids were disrespectful, and they cursed at us. Some of them even told me they hated me, and I was thinking to myself, well, I hate you too, and don't even know who you are. And, and it was just a, just a, it wasn't a great experience for the first few hours. The graffiti on the on the on the the, the buildings and the, the 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 drug deals that were taking place and the gang bangers that were hanging out on the corner and I really thought for a while I thought you know these bus workers bless their heart but they're wasting their time. This is ridiculous. There's got to be better things to do. I mean I could be be on the at the gym playing basketball. I could be out on the on the on the baseball field playing baseball. I could be doing something else. But really, what we're doing here today is really a waste of time. This is ridiculous. It was about 3 o'clock that afternoon, and I could take you to the very apartment that we walked into. We walked into this apartment. We were on, it was on the first floor on the right, and, and it, was, it was different. This, this, this apartment was different. I could tell from the moment I walked in, something was very different. There was no rock music, it was actually Christian music. And there were two young ladies, they were sitting at a table. 
and they had dresses on. And they had Bibles on the table, and they were doing schoolwork, and, and boy, I was stunned. I thought, wow, what in the world? This is so different than what I had seen all day long. After we left that apartment, we went down the street. I asked the man with me, I said, tell me, tell me the story. I, I, I'm, I'm puzzled. He said, well, those are two young ladies that ride our bus. He said they started riding when they were young, when they were youngsters, and they got saved, they got baptized, they go to Sunday school, they're faithful, they go to our Christian school, and they want to live for God. I'm going to tell you, young people, I was 17 years old, and it just hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. I thought, man, here, here are young people that are living for God in such a wicked, vile place. What's interesting is yesterday I was on the sidewalk. I was talking to Brother Mike Sarver, our missionary to Africa. And that was 38 years ago. And as I was standing on the sidewalk, one of those girls walked up to me on the sidewalk. I didn't know she was going to be. I don't know if she's here. Is, is Lisa? Lisa here? Raise your hand, Lisa. She's back here. That was 38 years ago I met Lisa. Lisa was a teenage girl on that bus route. Lisa doesn't know this, but her and her sister Melinda changed my life that day. Absolutely changed my life. Because I decided that day, two things. Two things I realized. Number one, I realized this. I realized that young people can live for God regardless of the circumstances that they live in. Because if you were to see the neighborhood where they lived, it was, it was gangs, it was drug deals, it was, it was murder, it was drive-by shootings, it was just a lot of filth, and a lot of garbage, and just a, just a big mess. But here's a young lady who's living for the Lord, brought her son to youth conference this year. And let me tell you this, young people, you can live for God. It doesn't matter your circumstance, doesn't matter what excuses you make, you can live for God, you can do right, you can take a stand, you can be the preacher that God's called you to be, you can live for God regardless of your circumstance. <clears throat> the second thing I realized is this, it wasn't by accident that those young ladies' lives were changed. I realized that somebody made a difference in their life. I mean, somebody knocked on their door. Somebody drove the bus. Somebody taught Sunday school class. Somebody led them to Christ. Somebody prayed for them. Somebody loved them. Somebody said, you know, it's not all about me. It's about making a difference. It's about helping somebody else. And as a 17-year-old young man, I decided if God would let me, I would spend my life trying my best with God's help to make a difference in somebody else's life. Two years later, I was, I'm 19 years old now, and just down the street from where Lisa and her family lived, I knocked on a door, 2630 Iowa Street, and a lady came to the door. She was a Spanish lady. She didn't speak English, and I speak very little Spanish. I can say Iglesia Mañana, a las ocho y media, which means church tomorrow, 8.30. And she came to the door, and I said, 
Iglesia mañana a las ocho y media. And I was just nodding my head like this. And she nodded her head back and said, si, si, si. The next morning, I pulled up in front of her house. And 8.30 in the morning, she came out with her four daughters. And they got on the bus and came to Sunday school. That was 36 years ago. And just to give you an example of what God can do with, with someone who will surrender their life to make a difference. There's four young ladies in that home. One of them today is a pastor's wife in Massachusetts. Another one lives here in, in our city, attends our church faithfully. Her son is a Howells Anderson College student, one of our bus captains in our ministry. Another daughter lives in Wisconsin. Their church is here this week where Brother Calvin Allen is from. Her husband is here at Youth Conference, faithful members of Brother Dean Noonan's church. Their son went to Howells Anderson this year. The youngest daughter of that home is a pastor's wife in Florida. Her son just graduated from Howells Anderson is serving God there in their church. And they are making an impact for eternity. In their world, in their place, they're making an eternity. They're seeing souls saved. They're, they're changing lives through their ministry and through their family. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I didn't have a big part in that, but I had a little part. A little, a little part of making a difference for eternity. I was knocking doors one day on the north side of Chicago. I met a teenage boy. He was 15 years old. He was sitting in his living room watching television and I asked him if he'd come to church. He said, you know, I used to go to that church when I was younger. He said, I'm really not interested. And I said, you know what? I said, give it another chance. He came to church the next day and began to come faithfully. That summer, I brought him to youth conference. He came and said, not in this room, but the room next door. And, and boy, God worked in his heart and worked in his life. I remember after the service, he came to me and said, Brother John, he said, God called me to preach this morning. He said, God wants me to go back to Honduras to be a missionary, to reach the people that, that I love and care about so much. He's been on the mission field now for 15 years. His son just finished his freshman year at Howells Anderson College. His son wants to serve God with his life. His other son is coming in just a few weeks to join his brother as students at Howells Anderson College because they want to serve God with their life. I'm going to tell you something, young people. That's called making a difference for eternity. I have in my hand here a, a rope. And the red part of this rope represents our life. The average expectancy of a of a woman living in the United States is 81 years old. For a man, it's 77. And this is our life right here. It's not very much. It's very brief. It's very uncertain. And if we want to, we can give our whole life and give all of our attention to this. But if you're saved today, you're going to live in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. How many of you know you're going to heaven when you die? Would you raise your hand? 
I have more of this rope in here, and I'm going to ask a couple of you, couple of you guys, Trey and, and Derek, a couple of you guys come up here real quick and help me. The rest of this rope is going to represent eternity. If you'll just grab that and, and walk that way as far as you can, and Derek, if you'll just kind of grab the middle, middle of it there. I couldn't find an eternal rope, so I just, this is the longest one I could get. It doesn't. Don't fall asleep. You're still awake? There you go. Just leave that there. Just go as far as you can, Trey, all the way down there, as far as you can. And Derek, just kind of hold it there in the middle, if you would. It's a little tangled, but don't worry about that. It's fine. But I want you to look at this, and I want you to think about eternity. Hold it tight. Hold it. Hold it. There you go. I want you to think about eternity. And, of course, the rope ends, but... Life with Jesus will never end. We're going to live forever with Jesus. But you know, the real question this morning is this. Is your, are you going to give everything you've got to this or to that? I'm a little older than you, so I'm probably, I'm probably right there. Pastor Wilkerson is like a grandfather to me. He's like right here. <laughs> but you know, this is all you get. This is it. This is all you get. Go ahead, go ahead, young people. Make all the money you want, but that's all you get. Go ahead and live in the biggest houses you can build, drive the nicest cars you can drive, have all the money in the bank that you want, but you only get to enjoy it for this amount of time. That's it. That's it. Your whole life is right here. Compared to eternity, compared to, to forever, this is all you get. You've got to decide, young people, you're going to give your life just for this or for that. You're going to give your life just for what just is, is uncertain and just lasts for a little while. Or you're going to say, with God's help, I'm going to be part of the sum that are going to make a difference for eternity.